Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Born Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing? I'm good. I feel hot <laughs> and I'm never going to cool down. It, 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 the, the problem, we, we use a camera set up uh, here um, in uh, Donaldson Towers to do our podcasts and I did a podcast before this one. Uh, um, I'm not doing a podcast afterwards, but this one, um, my camera has decided to overheat. That's how hot it is in Hertfordshire at the moment. Wow. It's steamy. It's a steamy one, Chris. And worst of all, you can see me on the camera, but I can't see you. So it's kind of like, True. I feel oh, like John I've got to be careful. What I do. <laughs> I've got to be careful what I do. Peeping You've Tom Dawson. Be careful what you do, Peeping well, you might Tom. Be, you could be watching I'm, me. Scary. I, I am I am watching you. I'm, I'm and completely Billy Bollocks. <laughs> I can be absolutely <laughs> naked. Oh, dear God. And it wouldn't be the first time, would it, Pete? I remember no. we recorded in, in Donaldson Towers once, and uh, mm-hmm. you did like not have a shirt on at one point and it was totally oh, unpleasant yeah. it was difficult to record very hot though wasn't it? Atmosphere. it was hot it was very hot it's nice. distracting that's no excuse it's, no excuse Ar- it's hard to it. record when you're aroused isn't it chris i completely agree oh <laughs> god well another episode journey across japan is about to come out and uh, in this episode hey. ladies and gentlemen boys and girls we went to the biggest volcano in all of Japan, and then we made a rap song. And I suppose at the time of this podcast coming out, that episode should be out, because we're recording this a few days beforehand. But mm. the challenge in episode two, right, typical Journey Across Japan challenge, we had to make a rap song about our day. And credit where it's due to Natsuki and Joey, they knocked it out of the park. We made a rap mm. song called Too Much Volcano. Um, <laughs> as you can probably tell, Natsuki came up with the title and the chorus, but it's going to be good. You're in for a real treat, Pete, and everyone listening. <laughs> it's going to be very like nothing you've ever seen. Just finished no, with, with good producing. <laughs> yeah, well, I've just finished producing the song today, and um, mm. yeah, I feel a bit out of my depth. I can I can edit a video, but I can't make a song. Um, so go easy on me when it does come out. But uh, it was cool. <laughs> we went to um, in the episode we went to Asso Farm Village. I don't know if you remember seeing this back in 2018, the first journey across Japan season. But we went to Kumoto, and they've got these little domed huts. Um, All they, right, they're kind of like igloos. It's kind of like Smurfland meets. Fred Flintstone's bedrock and basically 
they're like little polystyrene domes, but they're earthquake proof. And when there was a big earthquake in Kumoto, I think 2016 happened, 2016 uh, or 17, um, they were completely unharmed and they became like mm. a shelter for people in Kumoto to to go in and uh, be safe because they don't fall down. But right. when it, I've been there twice now. Whenever I go, it's just empty. This massive mm. village with 500 domes and we are the only ones staying there in this video. It's so creepy. Um, but... It's it's earthquake proof. I, I guess I can see why. It's, it's earthquake. <laughs> if there was an earthquake proof, we'd be having. We'd have the last laugh in Kumamoto. Yeah, <laughs> crikey! But um, should be a good episode. Keep an eye out. And yeah, yeah, should be good. We've got a story this week, and it kind of ties in with uh, a story we had a few weeks ago. It must have been a month ago now. Do you remember Pete? There was a British national who did something unspeakable in the wonderful ancient town of Kamakura, just outside of Tokyo. He stuffed a bento box into a mailbox and contaminated lots of envelopes and letters. Do you remember this? Mm. I do, um, but that's not the full story, is it, Chris? He did it every day, forever. (laughs) He just kept putting his his rubbish (laughs) in a post box, like an absolute Torag, an absolute sociopath. (laughs) It's right, he did. It wasn't like a, a simple mistake. He did it more than once. Nobody knows why he did it. Maybe he, I don't know. Why, why do you think he did it, Pete? What are your theories? Well, there was mean- some theories that um, that the guy was he, he wasn't a Brit. He was he was a foreigner, wasn't he? And, and, and people he's a British dude, might think he's that half hmm. Japanese, I think. Anthony Tanaka, right? Well, he sort of. Thought, it sounds like he sort of thought that the bin was the bin was not the bin <laughs> or rather the post box was the bin. Uh, but, but people are sort of saying that's a really weird thing to sort of think, especially if you're, if you've lived with, uh, in, in Japan for a little while. Well, Japanese, yeah, Japanese post boxes, bright red, pretty easy to, to know it's a post box. But <laughs> regardless, uh, he's got off the hook. Prosecutors have announced the non-prosecution of a British national, uh, Anthony Tanaka, aged, doesn't say. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he allegedly stuffed empty bentos with chopsticks and plastic bottles into a street mailbox in front of the city's government office, just to add insult to injury. Um, right, okay. Upon, upon his arrest... He violated the Waste Management and Public Cleansing Act, oh, age 37. He denied the allegations, saying, I thought it was a garbage can. But whatever the case, the Yokohama District Public Prosecutor's Office denounced he was getting off scot-free, no reason for any prosecution, got, got away with it. Apparently, 150 pieces of mail had been soiled in seven incidents. Of those incidents, three took place at that mailbox in front of the city office, an officer on patrol mm. apprehended Tanaka after seeing him insert the bento box into the slot. Uh, and then they, they investigated him for a, a few weeks after that to see it was him. Weird story. Not really sure how I feel about it. I don't know. It's just a shame. Why, it's, was, uh, the, why was the bento box um, so full of food that it would contaminate the rest of the, uh, of the post? Why can't he eat all of his bento box? Consider a smaller bento box, sir. To be fair, I got I got done when I was a teacher. I used to get the the school lunchbox every day, and I didn't eat the rice. And uh, I thought it was alright. I was like, eh, just leave some of the rice. It's right, after, it? after about a month, the, uh, the the one of the staff like apprehended me. They were like, wait a minute, you're the one that's been leaving the rice behind. I was like, oh, I d- I don't. It's uh, rice. I'm British. <laughs> it's it's goddamn rice. 
it's, it's British culture to leave the rice. Um, I, I, <laughs> thus, I can sympathise with Anti Tanaka. We are the same. Um, <laughs> 150 pieces of mail destroyed. It's pretty harsh. I suppose that's the real issue here, isn't it? Just hope it hasn't soiled the reputation of British nationals in the same way the Bento soiled the street mailbox. Shocking behaviour. In other news, a Japanese cook shaved off their head in apology after a gross customer complaint. Uh, In Japan, one of the most earnest old school ways to apologise is by shaving your head. Um, I remember a member of AKB48, I think five or six years ago, she got caught kissing a guy. And as you probably know, idol girls here can't have relationships with guys or any relationship lest it kind of... Uh, destroy the imagination of the fan base of the idol group. It's all a bit weird. But anyway, mm. she dated someone, saw someone, got caught, um, got in a lot of trouble, and she shaved off her hair and made a crying apology video. So shaving off your hair is like a big kind of deal in Japan. It's actually seen as a, a means of apology. Um, is that why you shave mm. off your hair, Pete, on occasion? <laughs> well, so look, if, for the bad uh, things if a few... You've done. If a few- if a few more vloggers on YouTube apologise for being little shits on, on, on YouTube, I <laughs> uh, think I'd shave their heads a bit more. I'd, I'd, I'd be on board. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a horrible life, isn't it, being in an idol group? <laughs> Very regimented. It is. it is. But that's a story for another day. Apparently, so this chef, basically, um, a takoyaki stand in Osaka, uh, received a customer complaint about a heinous transgression. He grabbed the clippers and got clipping. Uh, but the case was um, apparently a customer complained that they'd found a hair in their takoyaki. Oh God, that's, that's pretty <laughs> awful. Um, uh, what's more, since the customer didn't notice the hair in their takeout takoyaki until they got home, the takoyaki uh, stand owner even made a special point of going to her home to apologize in person over the hair. After arriving at the customer's house, the takoyaki stand owner says he asked the woman to show him the takoyaki she'd found the hair in. When she did, they were able to determine that she hadn't actually brought the takoyaki from that stand at all, uh, but from another, <laughs> right, <laughs> from another stand right. entirely. Okay, so so, so oh, this dear. story is a man, uh, an owner of a takoyaki stand, uh, oh, is accused of leaving a hair in the takoyaki. Uh, a woman uh, explains that, that there's a hair been found in the takoyaki. Um, the restaurant owner shaves his head uh, to apologise, which would only increase the level of hair in the air, presumably, wouldn't it? Like it would get in the takoyaki you shaved your hair in in, in the restaurant. Um, but yeah, so, so it's to, to reduce the um, likelihood of hair being found in the takoyaki in the future, he shaved his head, uh, went round the uh, annoyed customer's one-star TripAdvisor uh, person's house. Uh, turns out that it was a different takoyaki stand and the guy didn't need to shave his head at all because his takoyaki Whoa. was hairless. Oh dear. Never I mind. Think, I think the customer should shave their hair in apology for this this terrible... Completely agree. This, this ...self-harm. It's awful, isn't it? <laughs> I hate that. But uh, I mean, I've, I've had a few times I've had hair. I, when I first moved to Sendai, right, There's mm. where I lived at the time, there was no restaurants nearby, which... It's mm. a terrible fate for someone like me who can't cook, right? It was either right, starve yeah. to death, get something from from Seven Eleven every day, which I ended up doing, or go to the nearby ramen shop. There was a lovely ramen shop. It had good reviews. I went in. Must have been living in Sendai for a week. And I sat down, ordered the oily ramen. It's kind of like an oily broth. And I oh, put lovely. my spoon in to have a nice sip and pull out the noodles. And there was a big black hair in the soup. And... I never went there again, and I don't remember how I got out of the situation because obviously it's kind of rude not to eat food in Japan. 
uh, especially mm. at a restaurant. I don't know what I did. I must have like hor- horrifyingly. I think I must have eaten some of the ramen and then sort of just slowly paid and walked out. Either way, I never went back. <laughs> but like, yeah. that'd be really awkward to be like, oh, Sumasem, your fucking hair's in the ramen. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do yeah. about it? Cut your hair off. Do it now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but like horrible situation. It's just a hair. Get it down, you for crying out loud. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever had hair in your food? Have you had that happen? Well, look, if anyone's got any hair in food or weird thing or insect or weird thing in food, uh, let us know. A brunch pan podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. I, That's I, what it's there for. I, I, I'm always having hair in my food. I don't bloody care. Oh. Probably my hair, probably other people's hair. Oh. I'm a hairy guy. <laughs> Sounds like you do it deliberately, Pete. To bloody, oh God, this is, this is getting horrible very quick. Same about hair and food. It really, really creeps me out. makes me uncomfortable. Why is that? Right, okay. Me? <laughs> dreadful but yeah poor guy go I, I i must admit though reading that i do want to go to osaka and eat some takoyaki now i love the old takoyaki mm. uh fried octopus kind of battered octopus stands and you and i've been to mm. one right remember we went to one in osaka and we sat there and we had a lovely meal and you burnt your mouth we out. tried burnt my mouth but you've got to be careful let it cool before you start eating it i had uh i did we had warn two you, different flavors didn't we we had we had salt the salt flavor and we had the uh the uh the takoyaki sauce the okonomiyaki sauce beautiful did. beautiful I, mean, I remember vividly warning you pete don't eat that you're gonna and you went no i'm gonna eat it because i'm clever and fine, put it in your actually, mouth. i'll be fine <laughs> oh, they're deadly they are like, like mm. word of warning right if there's one thing to take away from today's podcast when eating takoyaki like prod it with the chopstick a little bit let the sort of heat come out because you will yes. incinerate your mouth on it it's like molten lava on the inside those damn things <laughs> It's like eating a hot bath pearl. Do you remember those from the eighties? Bath pearls. <laughs> it's it's like leathery kind of little ball that would dissolve in the in the bath. <laughs> I do remember it. I do. It's disgusting. But, uh, I yeah. Go and watch the uh, the Osaka video of Pete and I. That's a classic. I need to rewatch that. It's one of my favourite uh, episodes from Jenny Crush about <laughs> you and I in Osaka. We'll be back with the fax machine after this quick break. Bernie cats was fun he was kind when he walked in the room just lit up and there was something magical about this young man that just had a glint in his eye that didn't give a shit about anything but loved everything my first impressions were of a huge vibrant and outgoing personality all hugs grins extravagant language and wild attire always in a leather skin jacket whirling around like a windmill I know, she's a character. I don't know if those people exist anymore. They're sort of dying out. Everything's changed. It is a bank holiday weekend in London. The late summer of 2017. The streets around Kentish Town, just north of the city, and halfway towards Hampstead Heath, are unusually quiet. That evening, in a small, converted flat... Just a 15-minute bus ride from King's Cross Station. Bernie Katz, pocket-sized and long-standing front-of-house manager of London's Groucho Club, is found dead by his landlord. I said to him, what happened? You know, and he said, we are not talking about it. And yes, there have been the rumours. We've all heard. I mean, what did I hear specifically? That he was murdered. His relationship with his father was so toxic. He hated the idea that his son was gay. His right. dad was a proper gangster. Bernie came down, there was a car far from. 
I blaze his dad's head off. They were all part of the same fetid, seething, self-referential nest of vipers that I think the Groucho had become. Was Bernie depressive? I think yes. When alone, a condition he rarely sought, he had demons that flew about his head. I get a call from Bernie and he is in £20,000 worth of debt with the Albanian gangsters in Soho. We all collected and paid the debt. The way that the Albanians operate is very, very peculiar because they did not operate like any other mafia in Europe. I've never been able to establish exactly what happened and why, but whatever it was, it was so wrong. Bernie, who killed the Prince of Soho? Listen now. A Stack Production, available wherever you get your podcasts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got today in the fax machine, Mr. Thomas? There's a no. <laughs> Whoa, steady. Oh, I, I, got, oh. I got too excited there because basically what happens is when I say, what's in the fax machine? You read out the first story mm. and I go yeah. to take a swig of my Tully's coffee. 
in a can. Yes. But I got ahead of myself there. I went for the Tully's coffee before yeah. I finished the sentence and thus I messed up. And anyway, I need to drink the coffee. Noticed, a little, noticed mm. a little hair in the in the coffee. <laughs> Hi, Chris of Pizza's Judah from the UK. Hello, Judah. Um, I am an all-time podcast listener, an all-time podcast listener and watcher of a Ron Japan YouTube channel. I discovered the channel through a friend who's also a big fan. Japan seems like such a cool country. Steady. And <laughs> I hope to take the big step of moving there after university to, to teach English on the JET program. I'm currently learning Japanese uh, and I look forward to trying it out one day in Japan. My question is, I've noticed the crime seems to be quite low in Japan compared to other countries like the UK or USA. What are your thoughts on the reason for this? Uh, keep the great work. Chris, you've been such an inspiration to me and I would like to thank you big time. Judah from the UK, why is crime so low? Chris, do people, do the police know where you are at all times? Is that why? It's because there's, no, there's not enough British nationals here to stuff mm, bento boxes true. into post, post boxes. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, really. I think it's the collectivist culture. If you commit a crime, you basically destroy your entire family and friends circle it'll look really bad for all your family so there's that kind of pressure i think that sort mm. of pressure of destroying your family unit um also though i don't know i don't really know i think the culture like as a kid it's heavily ingrained in you to sort of stick to the rules like the way everyone's educated here but uh yeah, yeah I, I honestly i don't know there's there's many reasons to it um also if you do commit a crime the judicial system, the legal system here is formidable and you will be in a really unpleasant situation where you'll probably be in a solitary confinement prison cell on your knees doing this horrible position where you have to sit on your knees for days and weeks at a time. But like, yeah, I think it really is the sort of pressure and people and, and also, yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, I think it comes down to collectivist element of this culture. Any thoughts, Pete? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Obviously, I am not resident of Japan. I don't really know why uh, crime is so low, but certainly conviction rates are really high. If you get arrested, you're invariably going to get uh, charged with the crime itself. Uh, and also, um, yeah, it's, it's the honour thing, isn't it? It pick. It, um, uh, it's the honour it, thing. It's, it's the honour thing, isn't it? I suppose, um, and just people are just a bit more kind of um, apologetic and, and, and sorrowful. I think, <laughs> and, and, and conscientious, I suppose. Well, I think one other reason to add to that is people here are are much more. People are better at containing their opinions, shall we say, in public. Mm. You only really express your opinion to people you already know who you're very good friends with right you won't go to a bar and kick off a political debate you won't start having a heated conversation with people you don't know right so i don't think i've ever really seen a fight in japan a physical altercation in nine years or people getting angry at each other um because people just keep to themselves right it's just that mm. part of the culture that sort of indirectness where people are very polite they don't want to have uncomfortable situations. They don't want to start arguments over trivial things with strangers they've never met. Whereas in the UK, you go down the pub, you have a few drinks, and then you get in a political debate or you talk about <laughs> how much you hate Star Wars and someone punches you in the face. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's easy as that. I, I don't know. I think that's yeah. a big part of it, though. The way people communicate here and the way they're raised and the collectivist aspect of the, of the culture. Um, all I know is it's nice. It's not, I mean, Japan it's isn't free of nice. crime, though. It's lovely, but it's, you know, Japan isn't free of crime by any measure. Um, there's a lot of things going on. We, we often talk about it on the podcast, but mm. there's all sorts of things. And uh, the, I guess the worst thing that people often bring up the most is the whole groping situation on the trains in Russia and Tokyo. I do know a lot of people who have had 
uh, unpleasant experiences from strangers who have had been stalked and whatnot. So there is that, mm. but I don't know. Generally, I I would go for a walk every night here uh, for about an hour. That's why I look so brilliant and healthy and slim and fit and attractive. <laughs> but I do go for a walk every night for an hour, and I wouldn't necessarily want to do that in the UK. I think I would. I th- I would think twice about it, but here I don't care. I just feel like there's no risks. But uh, hmm. in London, going for an hour's walk every night for a year, kind of inviting something terrible to happen. Wouldn't you agree, Pete? <laughs> well, it depends on where you live, I suppose. If you live in deepest, darkest centre London, your old stomping uh, But I mean, you know, I, I think people who live in cities, they just, they, they just, um, they just know that they understand that you know things are a little bit more dangerous and there's always someone screaming and shouting in the street because that's the city uh if you live in new york if you live in los angeles people like to scream they like to shout and, mm. and you can always spot a tourist who've, who, who who has never lived in a city uh because when somebody just goes ah in the street they go <laughs> oh my god what's going on well in fact it's just the city baby you just got to deal with it um so yeah i i, I think uh yeah i think yeah like you said japan there's a lot of creepy creeps out there there. A lot of sexual uh, deviants out there, uh, but there's uh, there's 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 not as many thieves <laughs> around. <laughs> Although we did have last week the person that uh, broke into a guy's house and lived in his cupboard for a year secretly. Um, mm. it, but it, I, it, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to say that. Oh, it's not that bad, but I guess that is quite bad. I think I'd actually be Ooh. really traumatized and have severe PTSD <laughs> if I discovered someone had been living in my bloody closet for the last year. Uh, we've got a story here from Lena. It says, hey, Chris and Pete, been binge listening to the podcast, enjoying it very much. Uh, my Japanese studies started almost four years ago after a very long deliberation. I was kind of embarrassed to sign up for lessons, but I'm also very, very bad at studying. So I ended up taking group classes and I'm still at it, plus some one-on-one tutoring on the side. Uh, I can't recommend italki enough. However, studying is just for fun as a hobby. I don't really have the drive to master things, which led me to mm. my kanji studies dri- uh, drying up and eventually stopping completely. Um, on that note, I'd like to ask Chris, how often do you find the need to write in Japanese? I've heard that Japan is still quite big on paperwork, so I assume you need to have frequent meetings with the lovely kanji. Any interesting stories there? Also, Pete, I found the interviews you did with Mark and Dan back in April quite fascinating. My interest in sports is near zero, so I thought about skipping that episode, but I'm really glad I didn't. It would be nice to do more interviews like that in the future and invite people with different backgrounds and professions who live and work in Japan. Still, I would never say no to more of Dogen. Looking forward to the newest journey across Japan, guys. Stay safe. Keep in good spirits. Lena. Yes, do more, Pete. Have Mark and Dan back. <laughs> They're very nice people. Uh, Dan's obviously very, very busy with the uh, uh, with the Olympics and stuff, which is very, very, very exciting. Obviously, the, the, the uh, Japanese football team are, are, uh, are doing their thing. Mm. The J-League in full swing. Absolutely. I mean, I... Uh, I I I don't need to write Japanese kanji characters at all, really. Uh, the amount of times I need to do it is pretty minimal. Like once you've memorised your address, which is the main thing you have to write. For example, whenever you go to a hotel in Japan as a foreigner, you have to sort of write your address down mm. and show them your gaijin uh, zaidu card. And uh, so learn your kanji characters for your address if you can. But other than that, not really, um, because I when I do write Japanese, it's usually on my phone and. When you write just, for example, for the words, let me think of a quick word like kuruma, car, right? If I'm writing a word car, which is kuruma, I'll type in kuruma, K-U-R-U-M-A, 
on the keyboard and it all the kanji for karuma will just come up right so i don't have to draw it on my yeah. screen or anything so it's kind of when you're using computer mediated communication it's very easy and so i can generally read kanji as good as i used to but i can't write them at all as well as i used to and uh it's a shame because i do quite like writing kanji it's quite fun but I'm the sort of person who doesn't do things unless I really, really need to. And if I don't need to write them in everyday life, um, then I'm going to not do that because it takes a lot of like revision to keep those characters in your head to do it over mm. and over. So but it's fun though. Can you write any kanji characters, Pete? Uh, I can Ow. do dog. <laughs> I can do a dog. It's a very complex kanji, compound uh, kanji. Very, very, very difficult. So the problem uh, is, I'm at the point now where I could read the the kanji for dog, right? I could read Inu easily. Mm. But to think of it on the spot and write it, actually can't think of it. And that's really Isn't it just a, it, it looks like a man th- it looks like a man throwing a stick for a dog. <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> but like if I was to spend like a few weeks revising them and going back over it, it would still it would kind of mm. come back to me, I think. Come back, but, yeah. 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 Oh, oh yeah. God, it's the easy one. Now I'm now I'm <laughs> It's the kanji for fat. It's the kanji for like big. Yes. Actually, um, okay. with a little dash on the top right. Yeah. Cool kanji that. <laughs> Dog, isn't it? It's good. Very, very uh, destructive. Destructive. Descriptive. I mean, Ella has got to speak. Ella, I've not had a coffee. Hey, Chris and Pete, my boyfriend and I are intending to travel to Japan a lot in our lifetimes, and have been once already. Although we only stayed in Tokyo for the first round. Uh, over the course of researching best practices and whatnot, I remembered that during past trips to other countries, I had to read vaccinations. Uh, I had to receive vaccinations before going. So I did some digging and found out about a disease called Japanese encephalitis. It seems oh, to be almost, but not quite eradicated. But you're more likely to get it in heavily wooded areas as a disease because you get uh, that you get from uh, mosquito bites. Since my, my boyfriend and I intend to travel to every corner of Japan, we're likely to get a bite now and then. We would rather have the peace of mind as Japanese encephalitis sounds nightmarish and is very deadly. But our doctors over here didn't seem to think it was a great big deal for us to get the vaccine. Now, I'm well aware that you uh, both aren't doctors. Oh, Ella, come on now, mate. We'll all have a crack, um, unless you're hiding something from us all. Uh, so I'm not asking for medical advice on whether we should get the vaccine or not. But I do want to know, has uh, have either of you uh, got this vaccine? Uh, was it recommended to you by any doctors before heading over, Chris or Pete, for travelling? Have you ever heard of anyone who's got this horrible disease or are the Japanese concerned about it? at all with the vaccines uh, the concerns about vaccines among japanese people uh, are any of them even vaccinated for je i'll probably get this vaccine anywhere for peace of mind but i haven't heard literally anyone talking about this and i follow many a jtuber on various mediums uh, please answer my question i really hope you answered my question anyway always a pleasure listening to you guys and i hope to be able to meet you one day thanks for everything love heart ella um thank you for your message and yeah i mean like that i have had a few vaccines in my time uh, going to different parts of africa mm. and, and malaysia and places like that um but you know when i went to japan i, I didn't get no I, I ain't getting none of that and i've been to some pretty rural areas yeah i mean i i think i got it because he kind of your advice to get it on the jet program before you come but right. uh, i don't really remember maybe i did i think i got encephalitis and typhoid or something but um mm. i met a good friend of mine about a year or two was coming over and he was really worried about it and i was like right eh, you know you don't necessarily need it for two weeks the, the, the thing is there's only sixty-eight thousand cases a year across all of kind of Southeast Asia, and you know, you've got like a population yeah. of like 3 billion people and 68,000 cases. Out of that, I think there's about 17,000 deaths a year. Um, actually, that sounds like quite a lot in some respects. but uh, <laughs> Not all in Japan, though, presumably. But I think most cases are kind of 
asymptomatic. You don't really get that many symptoms. The most common symptoms are headache, vomiting, fever, and then it can mm. cause brain swelling. But um, I don't know. I think if you're coming here to live long term, it might be worth getting it. Might be worth getting it. And I should really go and check out and see if I've got it because I'm curious, to be honest. Mm. But I think it's quite a safe vaccine to get as well. But uh, yeah, get it to live, but necessarily don't worry about it as a tourist. But if any of you guys have an experience of actually contracting encephalitis on your trip to Japan, we'd be very keen to hear about it, actually. Uh, drop us a line there at bornjapanpodcast.gmail.com. We've got uh, one last one from Marco. It says, hey, Pete and Chris, my name is Marco, and I'm messaging from Orlando, Florida, the blandest city in America. Oh, it's not, <laughs> it's not that bad, is it? It's got Disneyland and Epcot. I've been to Florida. It's one of the few places I've been in America, along with uh, Seattle and Washington. And uh, mm. I vividly remember as a nine-year-old kid going to Florida, going to Orlando. We went to a restaurant called the House of Pancakes. And on the table next to us, some people didn't pay the tip to the waitress because their food was like two minutes late. And I remember mm. they walked off without paying the tip and she cried loads and my family felt really guilty and we gave her like $5 and that cheered her up a bit. And that's my <laughs> enduring memory of the Orlando. Solution. Yeah, yeah there you go. Pancakes. Um, I've been watching it's House of Pancakes. Have you ever heard of this place? Is it real? Is it still there, Pete? Yeah, House of Pancakes is pretty popular, isn't it? Got quite, what's, the other, what's the other big pancake? Uh, oh, God, what's the other big pancake brand? Pancake um, House. In America. I remember I went to a pancake. Oh, God, what was it called? And I picked the wrong one, and I got served... I could only be described as a big fucking gatto. It's just a big stack of pan- b- chocolate flavored pancakes, and it was just like like gatto. It was horrible. Oh, good Ugh. god! God, well, I can't remember the house pancakes, mm. but I certainly intend to go there when I return to Florida one day. Uh, Marco continues. I've been watching your videos since before moving to Japan in 2017 to work as an ALT in Nagano City, and I discovered the podcast in the past year. I've since moved back to the US. And I'm currently working on finishing my PhD in hospitality and tourism. Uh, my mm. hope is soon to find a job in Japan and to eat lots of coolish and drink cow piss. Um, I'm disappointed by the lack <laughs> of pancakes, Marco. My background aside, I have an interesting question for you all. One of my professors is from Japan. We were talking about different destinations in the country. Our discussion turned to a place in Nagano called Oba Obasute. Obaste uh, essentially translates to, oh God, Obaste, it essentially translates to throw out the grandma. I guess back in olden times, people used to abandon their grandmothers here. Uh, people mm. have ever written about, people have written articles about it. So I wanted to ask, do you guys know of any other place in Japan that have names with dark origins? Thank you for the great podcast. All the best guys. Best wishes, Marco. Um, I nearly misread that as... <laughs> Do you know of any place in Japan that have, the name, have a name with dark oranges? And I would have had no answer, but I do feel uh, like there must be, there must be some orange. kind of there must be some kind of prefectures that uh, have particularly dark, dark oranges. Oranges, oranges. <laughs> Satsuma domain. Um, yeah, I, obaste. Uh, yeah, oba obasa means like grandma. Steru is the kanji. Is the uh, the verb to throw out. Only thing is, right. I need to look at the kanji characters for this town to verify it is actually <laughs> that and not something else. For example, last year on Journey Across Japan, we went to uh, Gedor, the hot spring town, right? Beautiful hot spring mm. town, thousand-year-old log. Yeah. But Gedor, it means to be sick, to be violently sick in Japanese. Oh, wow. Right? Oh, Gedor. <laughs> um, however, 
it was a different kanji. So it's said the same way, but different kanji mm. character. So it kind of right, okay. was different. What do you make of it, Pete? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Mm, I don't know. The, the um, I'm always obsessed with the KFC um, colonel gets thrown into the Dutton River, and that uh, killed a man when he looked for the for the KFC colonel uh, after the baseball fans threw him in. Uh, and uh, the monks that we saw in Sakata, um, the the monks that were that buried themselves. Um, and and just stopped eating and just kind of basically uh, mummified themselves yeah. deep in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, deep underground. Pretty, That's yeah. pretty dark. That's pretty That's creepy, dark. to be quite frank. Uh, speaking of uh, kanji, uh, uh, the the Japanese language, I, I learnt a new word from Natsuki um, in oh, on Journey Across Japan episode one. Bureru, sort of wobbly, yeah. shaky. Yeah, bureru, 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 isn't it? Yureru. Yureru. I thought it was Bureru. Yureru. <laughs> nah, he said Yureru. <laughs> uh, yeah, that means to uh, like wobble to shake. Yureru. Right. And, uh, oh, well. Yeah, I love, I, <laughs> don't learn Japanese from Natsuki. That's always a slippery yeah. slope. <laughs> I've got him an eye talkie. <laughs> when he, when he came language. to the UK, he taught my friend like one word, and that word was kusotare, which means shit, basically. He's like, <laughs> my friend was like, oh, teach me some Japanese. Could have taught him some nice words, but no, kusotare just means shit, basically. While we were <laughs> discussing Yurareru, I discovered this town. I, I typed in, like, I typed in Obaste, and I came up with Ubaste, Ubaste, uh, on mm. Wikipedia. Ubaste means abandoning an old woman on a mountain. <laughs> what, is this, what is this article, right? Ubaste means abandoning an old woman um, it's a mythical practice of senicide in Japan, whereby an infirm or elderly relative was carried to a mountain or remote desolate place and left there to die. What the dickens is this? How have I stumbled across this? Um, mm. Apparently it's the subject of legend, um, but it does not seem to have been a common custom. It's more to do with folklore. Thank God for that. That'd be a pretty it's, grim It's a way of keeping all people in line, I would say. <laughs> Watch yourself, Granny. <laughs> Back on that one. I mean, yeah. it reminds me of Sparta and how the uh, the Spartans would take their weak babies, the babies that are rubbish, and just leave them on a mountain to be like eaten by wolves. Um, it seems more sinister though, leaving your grandparents up on a mountain, doesn't it? I don't know. I will mm. dig deeper. How do you though, test on... the strength of a baby? <laughs> you... <laughs> That's, what I know. That's a very good question. A topic yeah. to be solved in next week's episode. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days to do it all over again, guys. But for now, keep an eye out for Journey Across Japan, episode two, season three. I can't keep track of it myself. <laughs> uh, and we'll be back to do it all over again in the next few days. But for now, have yourselves a good one. Bye-bye. Do you even lift, baby? <laughs> <laughs> in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 